1: All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash
0: switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months.
1: Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
0: Hey, my name is Matt Adler and I had the pleasure of sitting in with Zach and Dustin on $2 late fee. I implore you to listen because I say a lot of smart things. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989.
1: No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. <laughs> Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies.
0: Yeah. This is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. years. I've dug all kinds of camps: soccer, sailing, computer, tennis, even chess. This unique challenge in the great outdoors. Until this guy showed up. What's going on back there. Nobody really great ever slept in dirt. The campsite's about a half a mile on the other side of this gorge.
1: I'm scared. You Ever see a
0: picture of Da Vinci pitching a tent? No. Can do this. Now, There's no other way. Put your helmet on. You? You're back. Kevin Bacon. How did your father ever talk to you into coming this summer? Sean Aston. I was young. Yeah. It won't happen again. Whitewater Summer. My choice. No camping. Here I am. No. I'm in a gas hey.
1: Actually, I never knew that was gaseous haze. I always thought that was
0: gaseous state. So it's not gaseous state. No. You've confirmed that it's gaseous (laughs) haze. I'm looking
1: at the lyrics as we speak to Wild Frontier by Bruce Hornsby, the song that's featured in the 1987 movie Whitewater Summer, the movie we're talking about today. What is a a gaseous Haze? haze? Well, I always thought gaseous state. I'm like, that's a weird thing to say because... It's implying that you're full of gas.
0: Like an indigestion and sort of a. <laughs>
1: and a gaseous phase sounds like still kind of not that great.
0: you right. You just did a lot of drugs and.
1: Ten Lanes and Tall Boys.
0: Going both ways. <laughs> hey, this is the song
1: we chose? This is weird. Eldorado Bruce. riding on the fringe. as tech Princess. Take revenge.
0: Well, tall boys are beer, right? Isn't Aztec it? princess. Take revenge.
1: This ain't my style. This ain't my home. I'm going where it's safe to roam.
0: now that's badass.
1: Take me all the way back to the wild frontier. Yeah, I mean, that
0: makes sense to me. Yeah, that makes sense but to the, me. But <laughs> there's a lot that can be implied. So obviously, so that's one of the featured songs from Whitewater Summer, the movie that we're talking about. Today, um, that's Bruce Hornsby's The Wild Frontier. Yep. Gaseous yep. Haze. <laughs> Gaseous Haze. Yeah, G- that's what it should be called. I mean, we'll, we'll get back to that
1: later on in the episode, I'm sure. I'm sure. Coming in at number 10, Gaseous Haze. <laughs> By Bruce Hornsby. There's obviously a lot to unpack in that song, and we will get to that and the whole soundtrack. Because this is one of those soundtracks that, for me, was... Uh, like a Holy Grail soundtrack mm. where I thought, man, if they ever release this as a complete soundtrack, I will be, I'll be happy.
0: Right. Because to be clear, this was not nope a soundtrack, really. You couldn't purchase this. As far as I know,
1: I mean, in the credits, it says soundtrack available on whatever.
0: Uh... Right. And so it's a liar.
1: Yeah, it is. One of the many. That one
0: happened One of the many lies. One of the many. One oh, many the... movies. Not not like Whitewater has a bunch of lies. Well,
1: it, one but... of the many yeah. misleading um ideas that this movie has, (laughs) Whitewater Summer. And obviously, we're doing this episode because why, Dustin? Why are we doing this episode? You know what?
0: I feel like before we say anything, I really, in the interest of full disclosure, no one would ever know this, but in the interest of full disclosure, this is the second time we are recording this Whitewater Summer episode because (laughs) I somehow lost my portion of the episode. Um, I feel very... Ashamed, It was like 48 hours of, of distraught me being like, where did I put it? Um, but it's kind of a happy accident, really, because that was our first episode being in quarantine. And we didn't really have our rhythm down. So uh, at least that's what you said very gently and kindly to me to make me feel better about losing it. But um, no, it's so, true. so this is so this is round two. So if this episode is not the is not the best, most polished, like tight episode we have no excuse. I have no excuse.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I, full disclosure too, that, that was the first episode we recorded in quarantine where I, after I was done, I even said, I'm like, man, that just, it,
0: I don't know, something fell off on my You day. said it to yourself. Yeah. Like you, you, you stopped recording and you said, Zach, that feels just weird. Yeah,
1: because I talk in third person it, all the time. Right, right.
0: Because that's actually, mm-hmm. that's how I get the most love
1: in my life is through Right, that. <laughs> right. You're a good person. Stuart Smalley is my, Stuart Smalley, Smalley, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's my, um, yeah. he's my, no, he's not.
0: A spirit animal? He's not
1: my spirit animal mm-hmm. at all. Uh, but, <laughs> but I remember when we recorded that, I was like, yeah, I felt like that would be a solid do-over. So here we
0: are. Interesting, and I, yeah. I so the universe. I know you felt that way when I, I, mean, maybe I did. Maybe that's why I deleted it on Yeah, I, subconsciously. Accident. I deleted my portion. There are no accents. Um, but to your actual question, this is the um, this is kind of the precursor episode to our interview with the great Matt Adler, who recently joined Instagram. Welcome, Matt, and any social media. Um, when we interviewed Matt originally, he had not had he didn't have any social media. Uh, he didn't know what it was. He was like, "What's what are you guys talking about? I don't know. Uh, I'm just a caveman." <laughs> And we were like, well, you know, you can use it for marketing. It's kind of good. And uh, I mean, I, I'm sure it had nothing to do with us. But anyway, so he's, so a shout out to him, Matt Adler, who is um, really most well known to us and probably our audience as Rick Kane in North Shore. Yep. The great, the great Rick Kane. Of course, he's, uh, he's in this movie uh, as well as a uh, sort of a supporting character, Chris.
1: Well, and we chose this movie because. We had already talked about North Shore to an extent. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it because it's really good. Yep, and our interview with John Philbin, who plays Turtle in that movie. That was like the precursor to John's interview. Absolutely. And then after we did that, we said, well, we didn't want to just do like a best of Matt Adler. Let's choose a movie that we enjoyed back in the day, see if it still holds up. Yep. And we chose Whitewater Summer because he has a pretty prominent role in the film. He's a supporting actor in the movie.
0: He is. And and I think Whitewater Summer is just a movie overall that doesn't get a lot of love. It doesn't get a lot of... um, Not a a lot of people have seen it. And this was a movie that... I mean, it's kind of a a marketing disaster, in my opinion. It came out in in 87. Um, Columbia Pictures just... Slaughtered this movie as far as marketing. Like it, it, it had a different name at one point. It was called "Rights of Summer." Um, Rights of Summer. But this is a movie, and as I'm sure you you heard in the trailer, it's like it just suffers from not knowing what it is supposed to be. Yeah, we don't know if it's a comedy. We don't know if it's a drama. We don't know if it's a buddy movie. Uh, the, the they kind of focus on this movie as if it is like kind of like Lethal Weapon or something, where it's like, you know, Sean Aston's like, I'm getting too old for this shit. It's just like, it's just very <laughs> yeah. weird in his relationship with with um, Kevin Bacon. But before I, we get into all of that, I guess I should we should probably talk about what this movie's about and, yeah. you know, our personal connections to it. Yeah, I mean, well, like you said, it came out in
1: 87, even though it was, was made a few years prior, because they did reshoots later on where Sean Aston is noticeably older
0: yeah, like crazy. Puberty it's crazy, it. yes.
1: Kevin Bacon and Sean Astin are the two leads in the film. But then you run down the cast and you've got obviously Matt Adler, who plays Chris. Uh, you've got Jonathan Ward. Beans who, Baxter. Beans Baxter. A
0: very special place for me. Beans and Baxter. 26
1: episodes on Charles and 26 in Charles. 26
0: episodes Charles and Charles <laughs> and Beans Baxter. And some other things. But yeah.
1: I got him a little confused with the other, I hate to like redhead stereotype, but I used to get him confused with. The guy in Critters. Uh,
0: oh, um, uh, Scott.
1: Scott Ames? Scott, no. no. That's Williams. Scott Grimes. Scott Grimes. Does not start with an A. Scott Ames, Scott Grimes.
0: Scott, Scott Grimes. Grimes, yeah.
1: Yeah, who actually yeah. uh, kind of has a Richard Marks music career, by the way. Oh. He's got some few uh, records out that are pretty decent. Didn't know that. Yeah, fun fact. Um, but, and, then, and then you've got Casey Martell, who plays George, who... I only knew up until that point from being
0: on Growing Pains. Right, and also E.T. Oh, yeah, And The Friends.
1: That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's bringing back memories.
0: Um, But
1: that, you know, those are the principles in the movie. It really focuses on those guys. The, The concept is, the plot is, Sean Astin is this nerdy chess kid. Uh, when 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 that was like a total stereotype, and it's like, oh, people who don't go out in the wild yeah. are, uh, you know, they don't know what life is, kind of thing. Right. And <laughs> that's a bunch of bullshit, in my opinion. By the way, I just want to put that out there. Yep. Um, but yeah, he doesn't. His parents sign him up for this summer camp. But yeah, he goes into the wild with this group of boys in a summer camp, not a summer like a like a week expedition. It's it's not even an
0: authorized program.
1: And that's kind of like the overall premise of the movie. Like you know, where this kid goes into the wild with a guy he doesn't even know and a couple
0: other kids. Yeah, with the, with the kind of the hope of like self discovery, quote, becoming a man. Yes. Like Sean Aston's character, Alan, his parents are very concerned that Alan is too concerned with books. <laughs> you know, and learning. And they don't Chips. like that. But they want him to go out into the woods and like, you know, kill stuff and be be a man in their eyes and, and that kind of thing so they have Kevin Bacon come in Kevin Bacon's character named Vic comes um, to his house which is really comes weird comes to his house to give a, a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> about what Vic does where he just he trucks these these boys out on, a, on an expedition and teaches them how to fish and teaches them how to do stuff and you know and then they come out of the week long I think it is like a week
1: I think it's supposed to be they, don't, know, say, they, they don't, really don't say they don't really
0: say but it's like you, you assume like okay it's, we know it's not the, the whole summer. No. Even but, though
1: it's whitewater summer.
0: Yeah. And rites of summer. It's all very strange. But by the time he's done, we are like, his parents are like, yep, he's gonna be a man. But Sean Aston's like, well, I don't know if I wanna <laughs> do this, Mom. And then cut to like, they're in the, the van. The, and then they're,
1: they're the awesome, <laughs> take me on the way back. Wild Frontier song kicks in. To the Wild Frontier. And, that song is minus the gaseous state. It's it's a brilliant song. I love that song. It's got a killer fiddle in it. It's killer fiddle, dude. Killer like middle. the only time I ever heard killer fiddle was in John Mellencamp songs.
0: You know, check it out. Right, and then, and then Dave Matthews with the, with the with that one fiddler guy. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. I've never a been a Dave Matthews fan. I just it's just that that summer of Dave Matthews. Where it was oh like everyone was like, you, you could not go anywhere without hearing a Dave Matthews song on the radio. He
1: revitalized jam jam rock.
0: Right, with jam band. mainstream, mainstream and, yeah. jam rock. Yeah.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, look, I was a DMB guy back in the day for a minute, and, and songs come on and I'm
0: like, bur, 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 bur. He up in the morning. <laughs> he he ran ran. Ran.
1: Yeah. But then after a after a little bit and you know, I'm like, okay, it's cool. But I don't need to hear it twenty four seven. But yeah, Bruce Hornsby though, like people people lump him into the kind of j- because he went into like kind of a jazzy soft
0: rock phase. Well I think too I think if you're not really a Bruce Hornsby fan, yeah. you kind of only know him. You know, like your only association with him would be like, that's just the way it is. Yeah. So there's no, you're like or Mandolin Rain. Yeah. yeah. Mandolin Rain. Uh, which is off the
1: are both which are both off the same album on the Wild Frontier.
0: Right, which is you know it's kind of limited exposure. I've never dug that deep into Bruce Hornsby. Um,
1: I did for a minute. Yeah, I was well, obsessed.
0: I mean, he's he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's, and he's you know he's he's produced and he's uh, he didn't produce this record though. Huey
1: Lewis did. Huey Lewis did, and which that's is, why which is amazing. It's such a great record. Harmonica, oh my
0: god, Sutton, yeah. Ooh, yeah,
1: yeah. Every song on that on that album, in my opinion, is a uh, T to B is a great album. Yeah. But yeah, this, that song kicks in, uh, Wild Frontier, and it kind of and it sets off the the movie's tone. But there's there's it, it, dispersed throughout this film are these really awkward uh, after after th- afterthoughts, I
0: guess, uh,
1: of segments of Sean Astin kind of. Flash forward two years later, three years later?
0: Right. Well, it's. Right. So, so what you were speaking about earlier when they, when they, Columbia Pictures, for some reason, they shot this movie and somebody said, we don't have enough cohesion here. Um, Right. In 85. Right. So, so the movie was shot in 85. They came back two years later. Um, and Sean Aston was at that perfect puberty point where he just had that gigantic like spurt where he was like I'm Mikey from Goonies and like no now I'm a man I'm a cool guy. But I mean, they went back and they shot these narration sequences that to me add absolutely nothing to the movie and I don't it it, it absolutely confuses me but essentially yeah you you now have Sean Aston in the future as a narrator who's saying like hey let me tell you about the one summer that I had that you know like like he's clearly he's clearly a very cool guy now. He's you know
1: wearing a Hawaiian shirt and yeah, in you the know there's no
0: more braces for this guy, and he's gonna tell you how to basically be cool. Is that sort sort of what the what the sense is? Like I'm gonna tell you how to be cool guys because you know this summer that I had that changed my life. But it's so the tone of it makes no sense at all. He's just and he adds nothing to the movie. Like he absolutely adds nothing. He's just and, like. Yeah, let me Matt, Matt Adler backed
1: us up on that because he, he even said he listened to the interview which we'll post in two weeks
0: he 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 agreed with us on that
1: did, didn't so, mean to cut you off by the way no no
0: no listen I, I mean it's like this doesn't make any sense to me what actually happened with this movie and yes Matt Adler talks about it a little bit you know as far as like having to do reshoots but like clearly whatever they shot in 85 like went across somebody's desk and they were like Mm, yeah no or maybe there was yeah. a, there, we know there was like a bit of a leadership change yes there was a yes. bit of a uh, you know and and, and mo- it kind of got shelved but like to come back and have Sean Astin uh, kind of he's, he's very he's very like flippant about this summer and at its core I don't know what it was supposed to be
1: yeah th- this movie to me had, uh, well first of all it had a really big impact on me as a kid because when I saw it I had never done a summer camp, and I wanted to go on a summer camp. And it felt like my memories of when I watched it then versus when I watched it when we all watched it together recently. Um, It was like a coming of age. I felt like it meant to be a coming of age drama with with comedic elements, you know, to make it a little more lighthearted. But then, obviously, takes a real left turn when when Vic uh, Kevin Bacon becomes this power hungry ego it's like a sociopath really. he's a sociopath i mean he really is yeah and and being somebody who i, you know, I worked summer camps at i worked in summer camps r- helped run summer camps and i understand the ego behind that where you've got this group of kids that just think you're god they think everything you do is cool yeah. everything you say is cool you know that there's a scene in the movie where vic is singing his song uh, you know it, how's it go like can't run, <laughs> can't hide, you. If there's love that you're running from, there's no hiding place. And it's like this weird kind of Motown song. Yeah. But the whole Chris is like looking at, well, Mitch is at looking at everybody like, what? This is silly. And then, and then everyone else in the van, the other three boys, are like singing along to the song, like they think it's so right. cool. Right. So Mitch, Mitch
0: is the Jonathan. Oh, sorry, Warren sorry, sorry. Character. Not Mitch. Sorry. Sorry. Mitch, sorry. So, Sean Aston's so, character. Sean Aston's
1: character. character is Alan. Alan. Sorry. Alan's looking at him like. What the hell are you guys doing? And
0: then they're all grooving to this song, right? Oh, right.
1: you're so cool, Vic. You're so cool. As if
0: they've all done it before, yeah. and we know at least we know Matt Adler's character, Chris, Chris has yeah. done this before. Yeah, he did it last summer, and he's really cocky about yeah. it. Yeah, and he's like, I've been through all this before. Oh, yeah. It's a Modak thing, yeah. you know, Yeah.
1: Mod- <laughs> and, and 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 you know Kevin Bacon's character, Vic, like he yeah he reminds me of those guys. I hate the stereotype, but those those like those you know kind of white guys straight out of college who think they know everything about everything they think they're totally grounded to the earth and so cool because they took a history class they know what's up and so everything they do is cool everything and so right down to the sleeveless shirts that he's wearing and and alan's like it doesn't buy his shit and i kind of relate to that where i'm like i could see why he thinks that vic is kind of a a tool you know
0: um yeah, and it should be worth noting, I think, too, that the song uh, he's singing in the band is actually a Bacon Brothers song. It's a Bacon Brothers. a Bacon Brothers song. Yeah. song.
1: And I'm not going to lie, as a yeah. kid, these are all the things I noticed as a kid. I just love, I thought Kevin Bacon was cool. Yeah. He, Quicksilver had just come out. And so he's got I. has got that hair. It just kind hair.
0: of flops gloriously to where, wherever it lands, it's like perfect. <laughs> right. And oh, I was yeah. not a
1: footloose guy. I was not a footloose guy. You were uh, a footloose guy. Interesting. Where, so he didn't appeal to me Interesting. in that. Quicksilver, yeah. he did. So yeah. if you don't know about Quicksilver, go back and listen to that yeah. episode. Can't believe we're doing two Kevin Bacon movies in our first season, quote unquote. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> but 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 no, this idea like uh, that Kevin Bacon also was a lanky dude, not incredibly good looking by like quote unquote mainstream standards, but he had this coolness about him, this vibe. That I always was like, why does he have, why is he so cool? Mystery, you know, which made me like him even more. He at one point is wearing a sweater in this that I thought was the same sweater from Quicksilver. Right. I looks think like it. both questioned looks like that, like it. yep. but it's not. Uh, even though those are both, these are both Columbia Picture films. Yeah, and, so... they,
0: and they would just reuse the wardrobe. Yeah, probably. why not?
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie is very confusing because you try to figure out what it really is. As a kid, I didn't care, I just took it as an adventure. Yep. And I didn't really mind the Sean Astin moments. Now as an adult, I watch it. And I'm like, oh, come on. Oh, come on. That's jarring. It's,
0: well, it's jarring and it's just, it's not adding anything. It's not, <laughs> you're we're right. right. We're not That's moving nothing. the story forward. It's nope. just saying this this kind of commentary on like, did Vic have to, did Vic have to do that? No. Did he? <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, we just saw that. Like, yeah. we just saw that. Um, it reminds
1: me of those VH1 shows in the late 90s, early 1000s, where they'd have comedians interspersed in between like clips from me oh videos or, yeah yeah you know. i'm suddenly just gonna interrupt the best part of the movie totally and just start talking about why i think this is stupid right and you're like yeah. no 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 no. wait your hawaiian shirt is stupid you're petting a goat which is random and you're in the middle of central park which is even more random
0: you're trying to cue up things that we haven't seen yet yeah you're telling us what we just saw it's like there's just no point it doesn't add anything there's no emotional drive to it no uh we know that you're fine also, like any dramatic moment, we know you survived because you're in the future. So, like, yeah, that's you know, true. I didn't you're even really destroying the tension. <laughs> that's true too. Like, oh my is god, is Alan going to survive this fall? Is he going to fall off the bridge? No, because we just see him in the future talking to us. And like, those
1: moments, if they cut those, if they cut his commentary out, those moments would be so much more effective. So much more effective because you're right. There, are like three, three, four actually four um, kind of arcs for alan's character the first one being the he's gotta he's gotta scale this bridge so also really quick yeah. just for continuity's sake uh this movie was filmed in northern california but also then they, they reshot it in new zealand so there's moments in the movie where you're like wow oh that looks familiar and then there's other moments where you're like i've never seen this in my entire uh, right. life
0: and it's beautifully shot i should just interject now because it's yes it's one of my favorite things about the movie like every angle, it's it's gorgeous. Yes, it's gorgeous. Some of the best cinematography uh, for
1: like an '80s movie, mainstream movie. John Alcott is the cinematographer for this film. Yes, dedicated. and and if you don't know who he is, if you look up his resume on IMDb, he shot almost all of uh, Kubrick's films. Right, which which we talked
0: about in depth in the episode that I deleted, <laughs> but uh, and no yes. way out. By
1: the way, no way out this is a really.
0: No way out is awesome. Yeah. yeah, so I'm just that's I just want yeah, to throw that out there. Legit cinematography, like it's every moment you know you believe that they're dangling, and I mean it's just high tension, beautiful location.
1: I mean we don't want to give too much away because if you haven't seen it, because I think a lot of people haven't seen this movie, you should definitely check it out. Absolutely. Uh, th- there's a there's a there's a bridge crossing scene that is very harrowing, and then there is this this. Uh, island survival scene that he has to deal with which is intense and then the the rock climbing scene equally intense yep. and then finally the river canoe scene which the is climax the, the climax canoe. of the
0: movie yeah kayak and, down the uh down the the white water we yes. actually see the white water the, of the, the summer <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah and and i remember as a kid these are all things i wanted to experience in a weird way I yeah. wanted to do that,
0: no, it was because he survived it's all right it's all very cool spoiler it's all very cool, and I think as a movie like it is it is fun you know you you have a lot of questions about Kevin bacon's character um, at least i I do i think I think really my my only you know gripe is the fact that you know like the 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 marketing situation and the um The big, the movie poster, the big, the big poster of the year. (laughs) You You know, it has this photo of like... You love to hate this. It's just so absurd. It's basically, you've got Kevin Bacon and Sean Astin in a um, canoe going over a waterfall. Yes. And Kevin Bacon looks like stressed out. And Sean Astin's in the front with his arms casually crossed over like, Hey man, ain't no thing. Sunglasses on. And, you know, and basically, and the tagline is the strong don't give up, the tough don't give in, and the cool don't give a damn. And and then it says whitewater summer adventure with an attitude,
1: which has nothing in this none movie.
0: of those things no. <laughs> have anything to do with this movie. It is absolutely Sean Aston is not cool. He's terrified of like everything that happens here, of course, but it's not it's not it's like a coming of age movie gone wrong. is yeah. what it is. Yeah, his 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 don't give a damn attitude
1: doesn't come until two years later.
0: Yeah, it's not Encino Man. No, it's not like <laughs> no, thank God it's not Danny Glover <laughs> and Mel Gibson. You know, it's 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 not like a bad that Jay Leno Pat Morita cop buddy movie. Oh, like it's like man. these this makes no sense to me why that would be the poster and just so so misleading. Yeah, Collision Course. And, by the way, and. and collision course. Thank you. <laughs> Where Pat Morita takes a running start at a car and like does like a he like, you know, kicks through a windshield. Yeah. Um, total Jackie Chan moment. It's yeah. It's very ripped very off from Jackie Chan. Ridiculous. But um you know, this this movie's poster makes me think of a lot of movies. And actually I'll, I'll I'll make an Instagram post of that. Like just misleading Oh, great idea. misleading advertising. Yes. advertising. Because if you saw that poster and then you saw the trailer that we played earlier or you heard you know, and you you heard it in this case. That's not the movie. No, because because Sean Astin, his performance, uh,
1: at, in his eighty-five performance, is very understated, very meek and and quiet. And I really enjoy it. I thought it was like he, he did a really good job. I think everybody does a really good job acting in this film. But then the eighty-seven reshoots, it's almost just like, it, 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 yeah, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't mesh at all. No. So if you take all those out, <laughs> if you take all those out, what you have at at its heart is a sweet coming of age movie, wouldn't you
0: say? Well, except for the fact that Kevin Bacon's a sociopath. Yes. Like, but
1: I think that's realistic too. Like, it is. It yeah, is. Yeah. If a camp, if a camp counselor, finally, if because if, if, when did you ever heat? When did you ever see or hear someone standing up against a camp counselor back in the day? Right. Like What so, they said
0: was God. Right. Alan has some some defiance. But it's defiance that's kind of justified in a way. I mean, I think, that, right, so the first thing that happens, right, is that he brings this knife along yes. to, the, to the trip and then carves his name into the tree. Yeah, which is fucked up. Right, which, you know, you don't want to do, but he yeah. doesn't know. He, whatever, he's a kid. He's carving into yeah. a new tree. But what does Kevin Bacon do? He makes an example of him, not at the moment yep. when he sees him doing it, but later, you know, and he's like,
1: give me the knife! Alan, yeah. you know, and then everyone bags on him. Yeah, right. Everybody whole, hates Alan yeah.
0: for some reason. They call him. They, then his Dick, nickname is Dickhead or Dickface. Dickface. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And 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 I that drove me nuts too, because his buddy in it,
0: at one point I think his buddy. um mitch is his buddy mitch or his closest in age yeah kind of like seems to understand That's what's going on the only
1: wonky on. part about it is their relationship because at one point mitch seems like he's his buddy and then he totally just jumps on top of him like you know it's,
0: it's your fault what did you do like, what did you movie. do alan yeah
1: yeah and, and, and there's a you know the scene with the the crossing the bridge which is super intense and involves tent poles that alan was supposed to bring he loses the tent poles then they can't set up their tents and everyone's screaming at Alan like it's his fault. Right. Screaming at him. This would be a perfect opportunity for Kevin Bacon's character to be like, guys, guys, guys. Just
0: chill out. Like, if if you want everybody to be part of the fold, if, Ke- if you got Kevin Bacon and then you got four boys, and if we're all gonna gonna work cohesively as a five-person yeah. unit, it makes a lot of sense to say, like, yeah, hey guys, like, every, let's get everybody on board. It's on the same page. Because we're all, we're all in a potentially dangerous environment, too. Like, you got to look out for each other. Yeah. And that brings me to probably my biggest point, like, flaw of the movie is that they never use the buddy system, ever. No. Kids are, you know, it's just like, go get that thing. It's like, but that's like a mile away. I don't care. Go get that thing. Can I bring somebody? You know, and then the other guys are like, well, sorry, Alan, like, you got to go get that thing. It's like, no, it wouldn't happen that way. No. Because... You are liable. You're liable for these these kids' lives, and that you know, like, who are essentially like what twelve? 13? Yeah, I mean, Chris. It seems to be the oldest 15, in the 16. group, but still, he's
1: yeah. he's also very young. Yeah. And, and Chris, Chris is. It's interesting because uh, he does all the things that that Vic does. He totally right. looks up to him. He even has like the same similar hairstyle. They kind of look the same. I didn't put those yeah. two things together when yeah. I was a kid watching it with you recently. I was like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, this is... He's totally doing what kids do. They look up to their idols. They idolize this guy. Vic is... He's not a good uh, leader. He's not. Because as we see at the very end, Sean Astin finally does step up and becomes the leader of the that, that they all need. Yeah. And he's still... Eighty-five, Sean Astin. He's not cynical yet, so he's he still has kind of a meekness about him. But he's still making important decisions, which is kind of cool in a way because he's like stepping
0: up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'm giving a, it's a, a lot it's more a, credit. That's <laughs> a, a hard turn. I mean, because <laughs> yeah, you know he basically Sean Astin's getting like ridiculed by the boys and like you don't fit in kind of a thing. Yeah, and then at some point the boys realize they all realize that their counselor is insane. Yeah, and they try and like step up like you know. There's a point where Alan um, is essentially dangling from a mountain, and he and Alan is terrified. It's terrifying and scene. It's yeah. terrifying, you know. And and Vic is like, "Well, you gotta, you gotta swing. You gotta swing over." Yep. He's like, "I can't." He's like, "Then you'll stay there." And then he leaves, <laughs> and they're like, "No, you don't. You don't leave a man behind, Vic." And he's like, "No, I don't care."
1: But what happens though? All three guys. Go. They leave. They all leave. Including Mitch. They all where leave. Where he's like, Mitch, it's please like, right, don't leave right. me. Don't leave me uh, here dangling. This little
0: kid. It's like, L- sorry, dude. I mean, that would be...
1: <laughs> that That would be it. Dude. That would be it. It And, and when they go back to camp, right. they're setting up camp, they're like, Vic, I don't think you should have done that. And he's like, I don't care, guys. Yep. He's fine.
0: And and what isn't mentioned here, and also something that stands out to me, is like at some point where it's with the original suspension bridge... Um, sean aston loses his glasses yes he can't see he doesn't have his glasses yes. for the entire movie as somebody who needs glasses i couldn't do any of that like i mean maybe i could but it's like you, if you can't see so you, so now he's dangling yeah and he can't really even see where he needs to grab or you know things at night I can't you know so that to me it's like Come well, on, guys. Well, and also,
1: he they're caught in a rainstorm at one point. Yeah. And that's when Sean Astin's on the island and by himself, and he has to kind of fend for himself. Uh, He—and if you can't see very well already, and then there's a downpour— you, And it's night. Yeah, it's, it's night like— Yeah, that's 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 definitely—and going down the whitewater rafts and having to navigate at the end in the canoe. Yes, you know, and
0: see things and Vicks, you know. And Vic keeps doing things under the kind of umbrella of like, well, he's got to learn how to be a man. Yep. Sorry, guys.
1: And, and and everybody kind of lock steps, goes with it,
0: you know? Everybody, yeah. Everybody's just like, yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a moment
1: there, too, where you're saying we're kind of where everyone kind of turns on Vic in a way. Like, during that survival night of the Downpour, uh, or it's, it's the following day, I, I think, when... When they, cause, cause Well, because
0: during the downpour, they're like, "Are you gonna go get Alan?" That's and right. he's like, "Well, he hasn't sent the signal yet." Yeah. We're like, "What's the signal?" Yeah. He's on an island, yeah. like not near you. Like, yeah. what is the signal? Yeah. Did you even establish the signal? No, no. Like, I haven't started. So he's just like freezing. Yeah. And then know? Vic's missing the night when he come when he finally gets back.
1: Vic's everyone's excited to see him. And Then Vic takes off, right? Vic's gone, and then there's that big downpour right. where they lose their tent. And, and their minds, and their minds, because yes. George has a meltdown. Right. He's like, "I right. want to go home." But then the next morning, Vic shows up.
0: Hey, right. Vic! Hey, hey, guys! You did it! Don't you see what this means? And then your heroes, right?
1: And then and and, and uh, Alan's like, "Where were you?" You know? Yeah. And no, everyone else is like, "Come on, Alan. It's okay. Yeah. It's all good now." which is really reminds me of like every dysfunctional relationship where you're just like, no, no, no. It's okay. No, 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 no. We're fine now. He
0: apologized. (laughs) He apologized. You're He meant it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And
1: another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDSE. And the music really adds to this movie. Like, the, that was another thing that really stood out to me, too. I think as a kid, I love, I you know, you and I both are part of that MTV generation, um, but I love when a song perfectly matches what you're seeing on screen. Yeah, Michael Mann, in my opinion, was the best yeah. at doing that. But besides that Bruce Hornsby Wild Frontier song, he's also got on the Western Skyline, which is more mainstream, I guess, more well-known. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the island scene has uh, a song by... The Cutting Crew, which everyone knows you know, i just died in your arms tonight. And like, okay, yeah, I get that. But they actually had a really big uh, catalog of mm-hmm. music. And the song in there is called Life in a Dangerous Time. Put it down to Put it down if you don't know that album or song, it's so damn good, yeah. in my opinion. Um there's a song, and then there's like, you know, little songs here and there. There's one song that I cannot find anywhere. It's called Hot Shot. Hot Shot. It's one of the uh, <laughs> canoe songs. It's, it's a canoe song. Yeah. Na, na,
0: na, 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 na. You can't find it on, on YouTube. Nope. It doesn't exist. This is kinda like your Jake Speed mystery oh, song. Yeah. You know, Hold where on. it, yeah.
1: you only the only version you can find is this two minute clip. Yep. But it's it's uh, Alan and Vic complaining over each other uh-huh. in the rapids. Don't need that. And then and then the climbing scene features my second favorite cult song, Aphrodisiac jacket. Not my first one. The <laughs> first one is um Aphrodisiac <laughs> jacket. My first favorite cult song is She Sells Sanctuary. Oh. Right? She Sanctuary by the Seashore? <laughs> she Sells Sanctuary. <laughs> but the cult had so... They actually... Yeah. That was a kick-ass band back in the day. And to have the cult on there, and then it culminates at the end... I love this. It's like perfect set pieces for every scene. The... Um, the The ending of the movie wraps up with "Be Good to Yourself" by Journey, and it was the last album that Journey did with Steve Perry, um, which is heartbreaking in a way. But the these scenes use that music so effectively, yeah, just so effectively. The bridge scene, though, and the Whitewater Rapid scene at the end don't have music, which you pointed out when we were watching it. super effective
0: yeah yeah because when he's when he goes to the bridge initially it's like high tension music when he goes back there's no music and it's used so well uh, to convey this sense of like oh man he might really fall we know he won't fall because we see him in the future talking about that he didn't fall or whatever but um, (laughs) yeah it's it's, surprise
1: Darth Vader's your dad we just found that out in the first
0: five minutes of the movie right (laughs) You know, this guy's going to be my dad later. But anyway, uh, did I <laughs> have a great summer? <laughs> I did.
1: My dad was a real jerk. You're going to find that in this movie. Um,
0: <laughs> but I think, uh, to your point about, you know, this music, I think, really captures that time. Like 80s summers. It's like, it's it's, it's a perfect mixtape. It's tape. such a great feeling. Yeah,
1: It's a mixtape uh, soundtrack. Yep. That where you could just put this entire mixtape on and be like, "Well, there you go." I think there's even an Iron. It sounds like an Iron Maiden song that Alan's listening to at one point on his Walkman. Right. And that's when another point where Vic takes his Walkman and smashes it against the,
0: or takes his radio. Yeah, he's a radio. And
1: smashes it against. Or no, actually Chris does. He's like it's the
0: Mets. Oh yeah yeah. Um, well I think he does he take the radio I think I think what it is is that no, Vic's doing yoga he's like I thought we were above such things now or yeah. above such childish things he says a line where it's like yeah I, th- I think I thought we were above such childish sh- things then we flash forward to Sean asking him to be like did Vic have to say it like that no he could have said turn off the radio but he said you know and and, that's, and then Chris smashes the radio Chris smashes the radio later because Chris Matt Adler because he's Vic is missing at that yeah. point, and he's like really feeling the the, the tension, and, and he becomes Vic. He's stressed out, and he becomes Vic. He, he becomes he the, lashes out, yeah, like Cat's Cradle, break, right? Break the radio, but to me, it's like <laughs> it's one thing to say, you know, we don't want to have a radio out here as we're surviving in the wilderness. Um, but it's another thing to say, like he gets mad at Alan when Alan makes that ingenious fish. Alan captures all these fish.
1: He makes a contraption. Using a contraption nature.
0: out of nature. He like takes some logs and captures fish. Yeah. And Kevin Bacon's mad at him, like, you better throw those back. Yeah. You didn't do it the right way. You didn't and do it like, the Modoc way. I completely disagree <laughs> uh, with that. Yes, I agree too. Because he's also I like disagree. I agree with everybody. your disagree. Yeah. Um <laughs> you know, yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have brought a radio, and maybe Vic should have said, like, don't bring a radio on the trip. Don't bring a knife to Deuce carve in the wall.
1: You know, where's the do's and don'ts yeah. list
0: that everyone gets when they go to camp? You know, Hello? bring sunscreen. Don't bring um, radio. Bring things to invent a fish contraption. <laughs> you know, don't bring a um, VCR. I mean, it's like yeah.
1: And let's and let's be honest too. When Vic is encouraging in the beginning of the movie when he's doing his PowerPoint presentation. Uh, for the parents his slideshow uh, the mom is like all over this shit she, and, and he's, she's loving it. he's not flirting yeah. with her but there's a weird yeah. and I love how if you read the, the the fun trivia facts about this movie on IMDB they're like well the, the actress that plays his mom is the only female in the movie yeah. they're like well yeah this is also 1987 and yeah. they didn't give a shit about proper representation. No, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's
0: not a giant cast. No. You know? It's a small film. There's like five people in it, six people in it anyway. It's like yeah. And
1: it's a camping movie.
0: Like I love
1: I maybe because I just didn't do it enough as a kid, I loved camping movies as a kid. Yeah. I just love them. I don't know why. I not I, I mean I loved uh, horror camping slasher movies but that's the whole other genre but I love like coming of age roughing it wild movies
0: mm. uh, meatballs yeah meatballs no, is a good example right. well, it's not roughing it it's
1: not roughing it but, yeah. but like uh, there's a Don Coscarelli who did Phantasm uh, did a movie called Survival Quest which is uh-huh. kind of surviving the game it's an yeah. action movie this is not an action movie this is more a drama but I love that idea of like what do you do in the wilderness how are you gonna get there mm-hmm. Um, the, that movie, the later on in the late '90s with Alec Baldwin and uh, Anthony Hopkins, called The Edge, I think it's called. Uh-huh. That was a really cool kind of wilderness, like one man survival. Sure, tale. I love I love all that shit. So watching this movie, I'm like, oh, I'm Sean Astin. Re- I mean, I really wanted to be uh, Chris. I thought Chris was cool, even though. He had his meltdown moments, you know, breaking the radio and being yeah. a jerk. But I thought he looked cool. And this is after North Shore. So I'm like, oh, this is like... Rick Kane, man. man. Yeah. So, yeah, all those things combined, uh, it's just funny. All those things combined made it really enjoyable to watch it as a kid. Watching right. it now, I'm like, there's a lot of flaws. But those flaws don't take away from the fun moments in the movie. But one thing I noticed now that I didn't notice back then was how much swearing this movie had for a PG-13 movie. Oh yeah, like a, a shit ton of swearing. Yeah, and 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 George at one point is buying a hustler mag or a penthouse or something, yeah. and I'm like, wait, wait a minute, this is who are you gearing this movie towards? Because clearly they, I mean, like you said earlier or in the episode, no one, they had no clue who they were gearing. They really this movie
0: didn't to. know. They were like, that's going to be a funny comedy. Like you think. You'd think you were going like to watch Encino Man or something, based on the marketing materials. And it's not that at all. And yeah. what it is, I mean, it's better than Encino Man. I'd watch this movie you know, ten times before I watched Encino Man. I agree. But, um, oh, I was going to ask you if you have ever done like a camping scenario like this. Because you're saying you're really into... You movies. know, I camp. My dad, being a Navy
1: SEAL, was uh, big into camping when I was really little. And he'd take us out and... and and I remember my brother was terrified with cleaning fish. Yeah. And there's that scene where he makes Alan gut a fish. Yeah. I didn't, why well, I wasn't grossed out by it, because I'm like, this is what you do. This, yeah. is, this is how you eat, right? Um, my mom took me camping like once or twice, and then suddenly I went from, mm, I don't want to get dirty. And, mm, yeah. Can we just, can we glamp? You know, there was that shift for me. I really so badly wanted to go to summer camps when I was a kid that did yeah. stuff like this, but I didn't. How about you?
0: I've never done, like, this level of outdoorsiness, like, where, you know, I've certainly, I've done, like, whitewater on a trip and stuff, but never, like, camped, camped out, climbed a mountain, got to the thing. Yeah. Um, sounds sounds kind of cool, though, doesn't it? If it does. If you had a cool <laughs> camp council. It ever? does sound cool. Yeah. I mean, I spent a lot of time watching this movie, like, being like, well, okay, but they only have one boat, so how are they going to all... Like, meet down there. Like, you know, it was just like trying to figure that out, which is not time well spent. That would be one line they could just say, well, you know, we'll, we'll make sure we get that boat. Or um, whatever. whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, nobody thinks about that stuff. But that's what I was thinking about this time. They like, should, though. Like, what's the... How are they going to do that? Because they should. Um, but no, yeah. So I haven't really um, done that. And, you know, do I have a desire to? Not. I, I... I enjoy going out into nature, and I always appreciate when I'm out there. But yeah. like, then it's just, it's just getting motivated to like, okay... What's this going to look like? And it's
1: kind of my feeling about being at the beach. Like, I love being yeah. at the beach, but I hate sand. Yeah. And hate, I know hate's a strong word, but it gets everywhere. It
0: gets everywhere, yeah.
1: And then, next you know, it doesn't come off you because right. there's tar and in you the just, sand. You
0: just feel <laughs> disgusting. Yeah,
1: yep. And then you can scrub it, and then yep. still you find it a day yep. later. I opened up my yep. wallet the other day. I haven't been to the beach in a couple weeks. There's sand <laughs> in my wallet. I'm like, how the hell did the <laughs> sand get in my wallet? Yeah. But... I think when everything's idealized as a kid, so you're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be an adventure, yeah. and then you realize it's not an adventure; it's kind of sucks, you
0: know. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: that's probably what would happen. That climbing scene where he's stuck on that mountain is so terrifying, yet everyone else doing it, I'm like, oh, they're doing it; it's cool, you know. Right. And I love people pointed out the fact that Chris does the scene without a. Without the gear on, like he doesn't, at one point they have all, they make the kids wear this heavy duty like carabiners and straps yeah. and I don't know why they throw like eight carabiners around them for some reason. Uh-huh. I, I, oh yeah, yeah. Right. I don't doesn't make sense to me. I've climbed. I've never done that before. Uh, but, but then when Chris does it, he doesn't have any gear on and mm-hmm. you're like, well, Chris didn't have the gear on. Yeah, but this kid is a little more advanced than the other kids. People
0: have talked about this?
1: Well, yeah, at least on IMDb. Oh, okay. It's like one, it's like one of the like goofs. goofs. It's a goof. Okay. And I'm like Got I don't it. know if that's a goof. It's more of like a it's an
0: artistic choice. artistic choice. Yeah. Interesting. Speaking
1: of artistic choices at the end credits of this movie, there's <laughs> a very interesting artistic choice. Yeah. Where the credits roll and the very last thing that reads on the text after the instead of the Columbia Pictures logo, uh, it says this is the end. And this is underlined.
0: Yeah. What do you think that's about? Do you think that they were so happy to finally be done with the movie? Or when is, did Ferris or, Bueller's Day Off or, come out? Nineteen
1: eighty-six. Eighty-six. Okay, so this comes out after eighty-six. Ferris Bueller was the movie. There's a connection here. Ferris sure. Bueller's the movie where you know, the credits roll and he's like, "The movie's over. Go home. Go yeah. home." Yeah, it, it gets funny. That you know, yeah. it's like, "Oh my yeah, god, it's funny." So my feeling, and then now I'm making another connection because Ferris would talk directly to the camera. Yeah. Right. Maybe they're trying to pull a little bit of Ferris Bueller's Day Off humor in there. Maybe. And that at the end, like they're like, guys, giant,
0: this, is <laughs> this is like a giant stretch to me. Because there's nothing entertaining about the credits at all. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing entertaining. Ferris <laughs> Bueller, it's like, wow, he's still talking to us. Yeah. You know? And then he's, the, yeah. So. I'm just saying. No, that's interesting. But I don't necessarily think that's. Because, like, you're like, that's the best thing you could do. This like, that's is the, the best. This I mean, is the end. Could
1: have... You know what I would have... This is the end. Would this have helped if they had put a question mark at the end? This is the end? Yeah. Or is this only the beginning? I don't know. Kind of like what they did in Flash Gordon. You know? Yeah. Giant question mark. Right.
0: Have we still been waiting on him?
1: Come on. Make yeah. a sequel
0: to that. Yeah.
1: Why didn't they make a sequel? Buckaroo
0: Banzai. You're like, Buckaroo Banzai we're back. You're like, we're still waiting on him.
1: Yeah, where is he?
0: I mean... I know, he went across the 8th dimension and then he... And he was going to come back in that other story that they specifically named, and I'm drawing a blank on the specifics, but like that looks awesome.
1: That would make a great TV series, yeah. by the way. Yeah, Buckaroo
0: Banzai. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, so some other things probably happened in these. Hey, you know what? Look, yeah, I
1: mean, to, to just to wrap up Whitewater Summer, uh, I would say I still love this movie. Watching it now, I love watching these movies with my lens now. Yeah. Being aware of things that are not okay in today's day, but still makes it very enjoyable to watch. The soundtrack is kick ass, yep. and that in in itself makes it worth the price of admission. Uh, because I don't think this is available for free anywhere. You actually would have to rent it on iTunes,
0: right? Which no, I think is worth two ninety nine, whatever. Yeah, it's um, worth it. Yeah. But yeah, eighty seven. And I agree with you, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, sorry. I agree with you. Yeah, no. I was I gonna just, say. I think it's a good. Um, it's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm very critical of of just the narration obviously as you probably very clear by now. But dude, it makes total sense yeah. like everything you said makes you total it. sense
1: to me. I, I couldn't stand it. And yeah. then they pull away at the end and Sean Aston's like in Central Park with a goat, which right. makes oh, no sense. And
0: saying he will never go camping again. Yes. So, what do we I lo- won't do it what, again. What do we what <laughs> have we learned from this? Like nothing. Nothing. Really.
1: Because at the end if you if you ended it without him doing that, and it, the ending is whatever, the ending is
0: Kevin Bacon, Sean Astin, make it to the end of the White Water rafting trip. In well, the and also like okay, I, we just need I just need to we just need to mention this because yes. it's important. The boys have a mutiny yes, against Kevin Bacon. They do. He gets gravely injured after the climbing. Uh, Yes, because they've had enough of his shit and they're just not not listening to him anymore. Gets a compound fracture, which they show, by the way. Yes,
1: horrible,
0: horrible leg injury. Yes. So now the boys are like, this isn't good. We need to save his life. And and it's ultimately Alan that, you know, Alan uh, Alan does it. And that, to me, is a very strong ending. They could have, yeah. Which you could have wrapped up in any number of ways and buttoned up. Very beautifully. You don't need to go back to to, to future Sean Aston.
1: Yeah, because he's like, whoa, 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 hold yeah. on a second, hold on a yeah. second. Because that's what hey, happens. Guys. The yeah. movie, the music's playing, the Journey song, you know. Yeah. Be good to yourself, nobody else mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, the, and and that's how it ends. And then you've got Sean Astin, whoa, 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 whoa hold on a hold second. Hold the presses. And this reminds me of the Sean Aston in Like Father, Like Son. It's almost the exact same character he plays. Trigger, yeah, Trigger. He's sarcastic. <laughs> he's cocky. He he's 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 like just a little. He's a little shit. Yeah. He's a teenage yeah. shit. Yeah, and he's that's his character. And yeah. they probably were because that movie came out in eighty seven
0: or eighty eight. They just pulled him off that set. I
1: and it's also a Columbia Pictures oh, movie. Just pulled him off
0: that set. Like play that guy.
1: Yeah, oh, and he looks man. exactly the same. That would
0: be weird and make sense at the same time.
1: Because then he went on to do Toy Soldiers. Yep. which I love Toy Soldiers but Sean Astin and I love Sean Astin but there are some moments of Sean Astin that I'm not a huge fan of in Toy and, Soldiers in his acting choice oh yeah and the cocky Sean Astin I'm not as big of a fan I'm more of a fan of like young, meek, quiet, goony Sean Astin than, but the teenage Sean Astin
0: well, and it's graded. I like told you that I thought Sean Astin was so cool when I was a kid, and you were like, "Really?" Yes. And I was like, "But there's this movie called Brat Patrol, that I, that Sean Astin. Not I Brat Lolo. Patrol. <laughs> Brat Patrol being an acronym for like I don't know, but they're they're military kids. They're military. They're military. Uh, it's not toy soldiers. No, no. Brat Patrol is a movie that was a made made for TV Disney movie. Oh
1: yeah, that's right.
0: With uh, it's got the Nia, kid from Explorers, Nia Long, Nia and Long, the kid from Explorers. That kid should have had a bigger career. And Sean Astin, like, is like, wakes up, like, I'm late for school, and then he's like, he has this motorized skateboard. Ooh, with, cool. Like, you know, he pu- you just push a little thumb trigger, which they have now, shoots him forward. He's like, I'm not late for school. It's like out of my way, you know, and I'm like, that's cool, Sean Astin. How how old was Sean Aston at this time? He was young. He was he was young. I'm I'm. I'm there's
1: something there's something more innocent s- and cute about a kid that age versus being a teenager, legit teenager, and being just thinking he can own the world. But he was a
0: cool kid, and I felt like he. But he but he you know he backed it up. Okay, uh, I can do that, that. That was 86 in its initial release, which seems
1: strange. Well, right before to me. he hit puberty,
0: but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, it was the magical world of Disney Like presents the Brad Patrol.
1: Is that on Disney Plus? I don't know.
0: I don't have Disney Plus. But Disney Plus is blowing it as far as blowing. content is concerned. You guys are blowing it. But the Brad, Brad Patrol was, was dope.
1: Oh, well, I'm going to have to check out Brad Patrol.
0: Yeah, I hope they do have it.
1: Yeah, Sean Astin, the narration, like father, like son, toy soldiers, Encino Man. He went on this rise of cockiness. Yeah. And, and yeah. Encino Man was when he was at his
0: cockiest and I'm not a fan of the cockiest he was such he was like so dorky he was like he was like he didn't play it with like an authenticity I don't want to be critical of his Encino Man performance but I'm gonna be it's Encino Uh, Man you know no offense guys yeah like but he like at one point he's like the girl that he likes he's like Robin I've got a photo we were naked once together and like shows her a photo of the two of them in like a bathtub and you're like come on (laughs) jackass like don't be that guy. Like, there's no reason for you to be this yeah. annoying. Right. I wanted more of Pauly Shore in that, yeah.
1: and less of Brendan yeah. Fraser and, and Sean. But, anyways, yeah. uh, and more of Peter DeLuise. More Or No, it's not Peter DeLuise. It was Peter DeLuise's brother.
0: The other guy, the, the main bully guy, yeah, who's great. It wasn't Peter. Oh yeah, what DeLuise was that? Anyway, doesn't matter. So, <laughs> doesn't matter. That's but, another
1: DeLuise. Yeah. Um, who lives in Santa Monica, by the way. So, got it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, go see him. So. In a nutshell, overall, fans of Whitewater Summer, bada-bing, bada-boom. Yep. 87, yep. though, uh, things we're a fan of, not a fan of. Top-selling auto in 1987 was the Ford Escort. Okay. <laughs> yep. And the Ford Taurus. Wow. I associate two of those things. I associate, I associate Ford Escorts as being the moment in my time that I can remember that... Newspapers were no longer being delivered in what, in my view, by kids on bikes, but people in cars in San Jose. In
0: Ford Escorts. Ford
1: Escorts. The San Jose Mercury News, which was my local newspaper when I was living in the Bay Area, uh, people would be driving those cars with that magnet on with the logo of the newspaper on the car. Yeah. Ford Escorts. Wow. Throwing the papers out. I'm like, that's weird. That doesn't. what How wow. you know what happened there? Um. And then the Ford Taurus, I associate with mom cars, parent cars. Yeah, for sure. Like that was the car sure. that all the families were driving yep. at that like, What point.
0: color Taurus are you gonna pick me up in, friends, mom? Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and there's so many shit cars, man. '87 was a bad year yeah. for cars. Ford Tempo with Tempo, uh, there were these like think the Tempo was the name of a, um, a, a a chewable that would help you with digestion. <laughs> So I always associated
0: it with, like, didn't, really? didn't like, last, Because huh? there's,
1: there's, a, there's a car now. It's been out for a long time now. It's called a Murano, I think.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, And I'm sure. like, it's Moron. It says Moron yeah. in the name. I don't want to drive a car that says Moron. You're a
0: Morano.
1: <laughs> you're a, a Morano. Um, and then the, uh, se- the Chevy Celebrity. Sounds like such a cheese ball mm. driving this yeah. Chevy. So, by the way, the Ford Escort was the top-selling auto. It was only seven thousand bucks. Wow, <laughs> for a car! My That's God. crazy. New, wow. Yes. Amazing. Uh, we've talked about this before on other podcast episodes, but uh, the Simpsons premiered. Uh, the Simpsons premiered on the Tracy Ullman show. Oh, really? And I thought was, I
0: thought that we had determined that it was that it was that the Simpsons premiered.
1: It was turned into a series in eighty nine. Okay,
0: okay. Um, and so
1: yeah. And then there was the USSR plane. The plane, a plane lands on the Red Square. Do you remember that when yeah. that Cessna landed? Yeah. there? dude, that was a huge deal. A nineteen-year-old kid, West German kid, landed his small Cessna. And the only reason I know what a Cessna is is from Iron Eagle. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's that so my funny. only connection with things are from movies yep. on television. He landed his airplane in Moscow, landing in the Red Square. Uh, he flew the plane undetected into Soviet airspace, stating that his motivation was to bring peace between the Soviets and the West. When he, was arri- when he arrived, he was greeted by curious strangers and then arrested for violating Soviet airspace. Okay. Duh. He was sentenced to four years in a labor camp, was released after 14 months as part of a goodwill measure. Mm. Um, this was the first moment for me as a kid where... I learned about governments doing deals. Ah. Right? You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You get, I will let your kid go, but you need to give us something in exchange. Yeah. Right? Like I didn't know about that yeah. shit. Yeah.
0: Like Iron Eagle Labor like, used to do deals.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was the guy? Iron Eagle, play, land your plane now. Kiss my ass. Yeah. <laughs> get those bastards are gonna get you man Doug, gotta uh, we gotta cover Iron Uh, Eagle at some point dude Uh, okay and then of course and I think we might have mentioned this before Germany as when Reagan you know gave his famous speech on June 12th tear down your wall Gorbachev man to think that Gorbachev was a threat back then and what what we have now yeah you know when I was a kid when we were kids I thought "Well, we'll have all this shit figured out totally we went backwards. We,
0: I, yeah, it's so, it's so <laughs> interesting. I think the same way. You, usually, I'm like, I'm like, right. We won't have that problem. World wars? No, we won't. Nah. World, world Civil war? No, we won't have another civil war. Terrible president? Nah. Nah. No. A moron? Just nah. like an app? Just the stupidest fucking person you've ever seen in your life <laughs> leading the country? <laughs> that makes no fucking sense.
1: Oh yeah. man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then on a lighter note, Aretha Franklin was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nice. <laughs> and I saw her live once. Uh, a nice. good friend of mine, rest in peace Daniel Chambers, uh, he, one one random night, he's like, hey, I got tickets to see Aretha Franklin in, at the Universal um, Amphitheater. Wow. You want to go check her out? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. She put on a three-hour show. Wow. Costume changes. Wow. I think at this point, this is like... Maybe five or six years before she passed away. Wow, just
0: phenomenal, man. Wow. And I'm like,
1: and I was never was I didn't I didn't dislike her music, but I wasn't a huge fan. But man, no,
0: it's it's awesome when like you you're familiar with somebody in a, like limited way, and you see them live, and it changes your entire perspective of them, and you're like, where have I been? You know, you yeah.
1: Has that ever happened to you with an artist where you
0: you suddenly started listening to their music after that?
1: after you well, saw him live
0: you know when I the one that comes up for me is actually like like Prince when I saw Prince live because I I obviously I mean you, nobody doesn't know who Prince is yeah. but like to really appreciate how prolific yeah and like deep his like the, you know he was playing things and I was like what is that song like you yeah. know and then just diving into all these songs that I just never knew about
1: because you and I we part of the generation that we're the last generation to really like appreciate vinyl before it became retro and mm-hmm. cool. Um, and we're the first generation to learn about singles. Yeah. And where you just listen to the single and that was it. Right.
0: So we I are, buy those cassettes for like a dollar twenty nine at yeah. Sam Goody. You know, <laughs> Goody, Black box Goody got it. Black box strike it up side <laughs> two, like dan everybody, whatever. Yeah.
1: Oh my god, this one kid I don't want to hear anything else. This one kid, his name's Ali Galami. Uh, there was a kid I went to high school with we're still friends by the way okay, good. Uh, and, and he, he gets we get in the car one day and he's like oh check out this single I got it's by this guy named Paperboy it's called Diddy and I'm like what? Yeah. okay cool and this song ended and he's like listen, listen to it again it's on the other side
0: and it's on points. the other side yeah. the same exact same song. song not even like a, not a
1: remix nothing. nothing and the same thing and it, maybe a 15 minute car yeah. ride to school and listen to that song about six times. And he, I still give um, him shit to this day. Like, yeah. you remember, let's go listen to Diddy for the eighteenth time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Yeah, you say that about Prince. Like, that makes total sense because. So my point of bringing up the single generation, we were we were the first generation that stopped listening to the entire album. Yeah. Like, oh, I just need the one song. Right. I, and 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 so that evolved into the iPod generation. The seat. Well, sorry, That's right. CD, then iPod. That's right. um, so when you got an artist that maybe had an extensive catalog like I saw the band traffic and I and I didn't appreciate who they were until I saw them live. Right, and I'm like, right. Holy shit. This is going to sound kind of lame but I saw Better Than Ezra live and I had only known them for the song Good. Yeah. And then I realized whether they're cool or not, it's neither here nor there. Their
0: catalog of music is it's pretty damn good. Yeah, well, it's like certain bands. It's like it's like sometimes you're just not motivated to dig that deep. Yeah, you know, it's like I, no, I just like this one song. Yeah, I just want to listen to, you know, this is a terrible example, but I just want to listen to "Losing My Religion." Yeah, uh, you know, again, and I don't. Or wanna, "Cutting Crews,"
1: no, 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 I, I just died in your arms tonight. Right, and then you listen, to like, and you're like, you got Whoa. The album. I don't
0: want to listen to the rest of the album. Yeah, I just don't want it. Like, yeah, so I I appreciate that.
1: You know, "Life in a Dangerous Time." By the way, yeah. check it out. Yeah, that whole album. They've got a song called "One for the Mockingbird." Which is really cool, too. All right. It's got a caw, caw, caw. But yeah, that's awesome. a, that's what happened in right. 1987. That's, that's great. That's a nice way to button it up. That is good, yeah.
0: And, and we're keeping it like contained, because obviously we cover a lot of 87 movies. Oh, we'll be back. Yeah. 87 will we, we'll be back. It's a great year for movies. But this so. is obviously, like we said in the beginning of the episode,
1: a lead-in to our interview with Matt Adler, which will
0: come out two weeks from now. So, so Matt Adler, right? Uh, North Shore, lead in North Shore. Um, obviously this movie we just covered Wild Water Summer Teen Um, Wolf Teen Wolf is a big one he's Lewis yes the the, kind of the the third wheel of uh, Michael J. Fox and Styles. and Dream a Little Dream he was in yep stay tuned for that it's nice to to be back with you in person likewise ditto this was
1: uh... (sighs) I'm getting emotional right now feels different yeah but you know what the cool don't give a damn
0: (laughs) so I don't give a damn cool don't give a damn that is going over a waterfall. stupid.
1: The cool do give a damn. Yeah. So for all you young listeners out there, uh,
0: impressionable listeners, yeah. the cool give a big damn. Yeah, wear a mask and give a damn.
1: Yes, and go and vote. vote and and <laughs> uh, donate some money if you got it. Yeah. Every penny counts. Black Lives Matter. Yep. Truth. Vote. Please, Yes. And until then, until the next time, we'll catch you on the flip side.
0: Hey, if you like me, and I know you do, listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. They're pretty cool. All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four...
1: Is it five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great, too. And you can find us on the Internet... Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFeed.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeedPodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.